Welcome to Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video, online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And please use the hashtag NowChurch. Thank you, and enjoy today's service. Well, it's so good to be together, and we're so excited about what God is doing. Today's message is called The Pathway to the Supernatural. We've been in our series, Supernatural. It hasn't been fun to kind of tag team a little bit. Pastor Lindsay and Micah Gay, we just had a, we've had a great month this month, and today is going to be the big finish. The devil's a liar. I love what Pastor Chris said. The devil don't own a day. People want to people do, people want to pretend that. No, 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 the devil don't own a day. This is God, this is the day the Lord has made. Amen. All right, I wanna, I'm going to weave in a few, uh, few scriptures here from the Old and New Testament. John chapter 5, 19, verse 19 from the NIV says this. Jesus gave them this answer. Very truly I say, or I tell you, the son, Jesus, can do nothing by himself. Everybody say nothing. nothing. Jesus said he couldn't do anything by himself. He can only do what he sees his father doing. Because whatever the father does the Son also does. Jesus can only do what the Father does. John chapter 10, verse four says this, and when he brings out his own sheep, Jesus said he goes before them and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. Yet they will by no means follow a stranger, but will flee from him. For they do not know the voice of strangers. Then verse 27 says, my sheep hear my voice. Jesus makes it clear who he's talking about. My sheep hear my voice and I know them and they follow me. 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse one from the Amplified says this. Now about the spiritual gifts, the special endowments of supernatural energy, brethren, I do not want you to be misinformed or ignorant. Verse seven says, but to each one is given the manifestation of the Holy Spirit the evidence, the spiritual illumination of the spirit for good and for profit. And finally, 1 Kings 19 from the Old Testament says this. It's about Elijah running for his life. And, and, and God said, go out and stand on the mountain before the Lord. And behold, the Lord passed by. And behold, a great and strong wind tore into the mountains and broke the rocks in pieces before the Lord. But the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind was an earthquake. But the Lord was not in the earthquake. And after the earthquake, a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, a still, small voice. So it was when Elijah heard it that he wrapped his face in his mantle and he went out and stood in the entrance of the cave. Suddenly a voice came to him and said, what are you doing here, Elijah? Let's pray together one more time. Father God, we are where we are in this world, but we need your voice more than ever. We need your strength. We need your clarity. We need your word to come alive in us. Lord, anoint your people and give us understanding in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Just a reminder, our theme is supernatural. You don't have to be, a, to be superman, super spiritual, or superficial. You just need to be supernatural. We've redefined the word this month, ministry from 
the pastor who is faster than a speeding bullet, more powerful than a locomotive, able to leap or build tall buildings in a single bound, up, up, and away, it's clergyman. Remember that? We've changed the definition to ministry is using all of your God-given talents, abilities, and resources to serve others, to fulfill the divine assignment and purpose for which you were born. Now, what's the meaning of life? We're going to talk about the meaning of life. Can we answer that all in the next few moments? C.S. Lewis said that the very fact that we were born wanting to find meaning and purpose, and that the great question of life and humanity is, what is the meaning of it, is one of the great proofs that God is real, and that the Bible is his love letter of discovery to humanity. If we were just lumps that were evolving from amoebas into some higher life form, what, what, then what's the purpose? If we're a cosmic accident, then why do we have inside of us, all of us have this incessant desire to find meaning, to find purpose? Where does that come from? Because we have a spirit, we have a soul. We are created to be in relationship with God. I believe one of the great deceptions of the enemy is to try to make Christ followers believe that most people are closed off to Jesus Christ. And I'm here to tell you it's not true. That's a lie. In fact, right now, people around the world and in your office and where you work are more open than you realize, especially post-COVID, because they have real questions that have existential answers that only God can provide, and here you are, his child. Jesus said if we look around right now, we'd see that the fields are already ripe for harvest. So let's be reminded, and I want to say it, and I want to say it clearly, and I want to say it loudly. We don't have a harvest problem. We have a labor shortage. That's what Jesus said. He said, the, the, look, the fields are wiped and harvest. The, the, the problem is not that. The, the, it's laborers. I need laborers. Pray therefore the Lord of the harvest. He would send laborers. Somebody who would go see the ripeness of the harvest and just get out and go harvest. Right now, we're at a pivotal moment in world history and for the soul of America. And we do not have a lack of interest in what we believe. We may, we may have a lack of passion because we have believed the lie that other people are like this and they don't care what you think. And that's not true. You would be shocked if you were to build, if you were to build a bridge of love the love of Jesus and relationship with other people that you think are angry and, and mad at Christians and even persecutors of you or teasers of you in your office. Listen, I, I, I was honest with you. That I, in high school, even though I was raised in a Presbyterian church, I was very, um, I mocked a lot of the Christians around me, especially the spirit-filled ones as, you know, the, the holy rollers, the, the Jesus freaks. And I, and I teased them. I didn't do it all the time, but it was, it was something that was, that was in me. But it wasn't because I hated God. It's because I didn't know him yet. 
And you have to understand that, that, that there are a lot of people that are, that are being bullies right now because they don't know what else to do because they're frustrated. And, you, and we mark it as, well, that person would never be open. That person wouldn't come to church with me. That person wouldn't care what I think. And you'd be wrong. Right now, eternity hangs in the balance for people that are, you're going to be around this week. They've seen life and death. They've seen it can happen like that. They've seen the world shut down. They've experienced the fear, and many of them are still fearful and don't know how to interpret what's going on. Are you willing to be a gospel worker yourself? That's the question. Are you willing to, are you willing to be a carrier of the gospel and give a reason for the hope that's in you every time you're asked. That's what the Bible says. It doesn't say, go beat people over the head with your Bible, but it does say, be ready to give a reason for the hope that is in you every time you're asked. Your life is attractive or is meant to be attractive to lost people. If every believer would activate like the early church, we will continue to change the world. Like Jesus, we need to do what the Father is doing and what the Father is showing and what the Holy Spirit is revealing. Amen? There's a pathway to the supernatural, and I kind of woke up with this the other morning, just the simplicity of, so how do you get people to activate? And see, you can hear this message this whole month. Last month was about help wanted. This month, about the supernatural, about you being a carrier of the power and presence of the Lord. You can listen to that, and you can in your mind say, boy, I hope everybody else heard that. Boy, I hope my, I hope my friend heard that. They need, to hear, they need that word. No, you need that word. This is a word for you. It's not for your friend. It's not for your husband or your wife. It's for you. How do I know? Because we've all been there. We've all allowed all the crust and all the stuff that's going on in the world to try to bog us down and bottle us up and believe the lie that the world would be a better place. Listen, the world is saying right now, the world would be a better place if these Christians would just shut up. If these Christians would just be quiet. We can't do it. We can't do it. That's the trap. God has invested gifts inside of you. There are unique talents and abilities within you. And... There are also spiritual gifts that the Holy Spirit has distributed to you to mobilize within your sphere of influence. Mobilize, I like that word, mobilize. Mobilize, that means get moving, get mobile. To get out there and be a carrier of God's presence, God's power, and God's love. Let me ask you a question. How difficult is it for you to be you? It shouldn't be hard if you know who you is. Sorry, are. If you know who you are, it shouldn't be hard to just be you. So when I talk about being a gospel warrior, I'm not talking about, not talking about getting there and, and being me or being Pastor Lindsay or being somebody that's out there, you know, uh, thumping with scriptures every moment. I'm, I'm, I'm saying to carry the word inside of you and the presence and power of God inside of you to to, to, to love and to 
have compassion and have to be an imparter of hope. Right now, there's a whole lot of hopelessness. And we are brokers of hope, if nothing else. If the light of the church goes out, there is no hope. Because Jesus, who is the, the light with a capital L of the world, Jesus said, you're the light now. You're the light. If you are bottled up or hidden under a bushel basket, it's going to get darker. And it's not God's fault. You hear me? So how do you tap on the flow of the Holy Spirit to activate his gifts to benefit others? This is going to give you three simple thoughts today. Number one, tune in to the voice of God. Tune in to the voice of God. You know, some folks think the Christian claim to hear the voice of the Lord is an hallucination or wishful thinking or just plain old nuts. When you say, well, you know, I, I, I sense the Lord said something to me or, or, or led me or, or did something in my life. To, to somebody who doesn't know the Lord, you sound like a crazy person. You sound like a lunatic. That's why it's important that you understand how to frame these things. The one that goes around saying, God told me this and God told me that, and then some things don't happen that you say, you, do, you just look like a freak. Uh, I heard a story when I was at a pastor's conference a couple weeks ago in Virginia Beach. One of the commanders, there's, there's, a, there's a commanding uh, military officer that's over all of the army's uh, chaplaincy, over all the chaplains in the army based in Virginia Beach, goes to Pastor Steve Kelly's church. And this, this guy, um, this leader, he is in charge of placing people at Camp David, specifically, that would actually be around as chaplains to where presidents are walking around and contemplating decisions and things. And he said that when they begin taking applications and, and, and bringing new people into Camp David or around the White House, there are always chaplains who come and say, God told me I was going to be here. He said, that's automatically a disqualifier with me. He said, the ones that always say God told me are the ones that can't handle it. He said, the ones that come in with a humble heart and think, I couldn't, I don't know if I could do that. That's a candidate for promotion. I think that's the same in the body of Christ. And I'm not saying that we don't hear from God. I'm saying you don't go around, you don't cast your pearls before pigs. You don't tell people that don't understand. It'd be like you saying, yeah, I talked to a little green man from Mars the other day. And he had, and you'd go like, huh? You know, this person, you just put him off to the side. But those who really can hear the voice of God don't need to be flaunting it that way. Don't need to be framing it every moment. That's insecurity that says, I need to tell people God talks to me. I need to show them that I hear from God. No, you, you show them by your life, that not, by your, not just by your language, but by your lifestyle, by, by the way you live. When you live a supernatural life, you don't have to tell anybody it's supernatural. They used to have a saying, you don't have to advertise a fire. 
that there's a building on fire, people smell the smoke, feel the heat, and hear the sirens, and a lot of times they go looking for it. You don't have to advertise a church that's on fire either. We just have to start the fire, set it ablaze and keep it burning. Tune into the voice of God. Jesus promised his own would be able to discern his voice and listen to it, even though it's not necessarily audible. It's not usually audible. I've heard from God a lot in my life, but I've never heard an audible voice. I've heard an inner voice. How do we hear from God? How do we tune in? Well, <clears throat> there used to be a thing called radios that were analog before digital. It sounds like it's way back, but it's, you know, it's not that far, that long, that long ago. We had digital radio. When I was a kid, we had only AM. Right here in Florida, right down in the Orlando area where I grew up. And you, I mean, you'd have to tune in and God help you after dark with an AM radio. <laughs> Sometimes you might hear Cuba at night on AM radio. Sometimes you might hear Atlanta. Then FM came in. But there's still a little bit, they didn't have the same amount of static, but you'd, you'd get an FM station and sometimes it would move on you. Like you'd tune it in and you'd just be, well, it's almost good. I'll leave it there. And a few seconds later, you know, you're found on the, the radio. Because, you know, I can see the young people who just lost everybody younger. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I'm not trying to lose you. I'm just trying to tell you that sometimes with God, when you're tuning your voice to him, you have to fine tune it. You have to, you have to perk your ears. You have, the Bible says, incline your heart unto his sayings. Incline your heart. <clears throat> that means you have to tune in to the frequency where the Holy Spirit is talking and not expect him to just meet you on your frequency. That's the point. Then put it this way. God will not compete with the noise of your life. Please remember that. He loves you, but he will not compete. And I've learned this the hard way. God will not compete with the radio or the TV. God will not compete with sports. When you recognize you need him and you mute the thing or turn it off enough to say, God, I need you. That's when you're tuning into the frequency of God. Now, I, God can drop stuff in you while you're watching sports. I'm not saying he's legalistic, he's not. But I'm saying to you, God's not gonna compete with all of your other affections. You have to make the decision yourself to tune in to where he's talking and to set that as the priority of your life, that's all. I'm not talking about you don't have, have hobbies. <clears throat> I think we should all have, I think healthy people have um, balanced lives. But seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you, right? As in the case of Elijah, when he goes to the mountain and he, and he listens for the, there's an earthquake, but God's not in it. There's the wind, a mighty tornadic wind blowing. Wow, God's not in that. Fire, fire, boom, boom, boom. And three people know that song too. I, I, I'm sorry. 
You don't know the Ohio players? What do you know? Here's the point. The supernatural that we're talking about this month is not always the spectacular. The supernatural is not a show. It's not always, ta-da! Here we are! God's here! A lot of times when God comes in, there's a sweetness. There's a hush. We've had holy moments in this church where one minute we're just in the presence of God and the next minute everything just stops and we're all quiet, but everybody is quiet, not like wondering why are we being quiet, but quiet because you sense the holiness of God. God was not in earth, wind, and fire. Sometimes God speaks in a whisper. The still, small voice of the Holy Spirit. Isaiah 30, verse 15 says this way, For thus says the Lord God, the Holy One of Israel, In returning and rest you shall be saved, in quietness and confidence shall be your strength. Look at the final four words. But you would not. But you would not what? Get quiet long enough? Be still and know that he is God? Long enough? Wait on the Lord and be of good courage. They that wait upon the Lord shall renew their strength. Right? We get eagle's wings. By what? Waiting on the Lord. Waiting for what? That's serving him with gladness in the middle of quietness. Close your eyes for a moment. Just say this with me. Just say, welcome, Holy Spirit. Do whatever you want to do. Say whatever you want to say. I'm listening. Number one, tune in to the voice of God. Number two, get to know his voice. Get to know that voice. Get to know it. God always speaks his word. He will never speak a word that is inconsistent with the Bible. He can only, he can only speak a word from the word. A lot of people get all kinds of prophecies and thoughts and God said this is gonna happen, that's gonna happen. Well, <clears throat> look, if it's not in the Bible, we're not looking for, look, prophetic utterance in, in the 21st century is not extra biblical Revelation, it, is, it can only be biblical revelation for the now. If somebody's preaching to you any other gospel, any other message, the Bible says don't believe it, no matter how ta-da they seem to be. God cannot contradict himself. <clears throat> Here's the problem. The devil knows the Bible too. <laughs> how do we know? Because he faced Jesus, the living word, with scriptures. If you're really the son of God, turn these stones into bread for it is written. But he always twists the word. He's a, he's a 
With, with the enemy, you get a word pretzel. You get a twisted word. You get a thought that is like this, and then we turn it like that. And if you bite into that pretzel, you can believe the lie. And he twists it, how do you know? He twists it into extremes of permissiveness and or condemnation simultaneously. Permissiveness, well, if you're the son of God, hey, hey, why don't you jump off this building? I'll give you all the glory. Here's permissiveness, but then there's condemnation right in the midst of it. We've got to be able to hear. that When the Bible says, those who know the truth, the truth will set them free, the word know there is the word understand. Understand the truth. <clears throat> understand what God is saying. The Holy Spirit speaks to us with love and intimacy. I always kind of marvel at nature because you can have a flock of ducks and you can have a bunch of ducks that have just given birth to babies. But every baby knows its own mama's voice. Every, every baby knows there's a specific sound. To us, it might sound like quack, 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 quack. But every baby, every, every in nature, every calf knows its, its, its mother. There's a voice, it's, it's inborn. We have the opportunity to have intimacy with God. I find it also interesting when people, like preachers, when they talk about God, and God told me this, and they do it in the first person. They'll say, and God said, and a lot, and a lot of times you can tell people's view of God by the way they make God's voice sound. Let me give you an example. I met a lot of friends, <clears throat> real, I mean, great men of God, mighty men of God, mighty women of God. But they say, well, God taught me the other day and said, Stu hey, stupid. Yeah, you're, look, you're just, that's just dumb. And I always think, wow, God never calls me stupid. Isn't that fun? You know, God, God doesn't call me, hey, dummy, listen to me. He might thump me on the head once in a while to wake me up, but, he's not, but God's not been, ever been abusive with me in his language, ever. But some people, when they quote God, it's always about something that puts you down. It's always something, always, it's always something you don't measure up. Son, you don't measure up. Daughter of mine, you better get it right because you just never measure up. That doesn't sound like my father. That doesn't sound like him to me. I mean, if you hear him that way, then maybe you need a new picture of God in your heart. Because yes, he's, he, he, can, he can discipline, but his discipline isn't abusive. It's corrective, it's adjusting, and it's always with hope. And it's never with condemnation. If you have a, if you say God talked to you and it was a condemning type of voice, Break the power of it because in Jesus' name, that's not God. Amen. That's either your own heart coming into agreement with the enemy or just a religious demon Amen. trying to make you feel like you'll never measure up. 
your father's voice is strong, mighty, and empowering. Your father's voice is always strong, mighty, and empowering. In when God speaks, his anointing flows, his presence flows. Jesus said like, like sheep that recognize their shepherd, Jesus said we'll know him, we'll understand him, we'll follow him. There's a, there's a recognition of his voice and the ability to respond to his voice. That should give us all courage and hope and excitement about our God, right? Whether you're work, playing with your kids, your grandkids, grocery shopping, we're all called to be spirit-filled and faith-energized by the voice of the Lord. I used to say, my definition of walking in the spirit. The Bible talks about walking in the spirit. Part of the vision when we named the church Spirit Life years ago when we first started, we're gonna help people to walk in the spirit and occupy the earth until Jesus comes. Part of the original vision, walk in the spirit. Walking in the spirit sounds like you're like your head's in the clouds and you're, not, you, and you're just so busy with heavenly things you don't know how to you know, just do normal, natural things. That's not God's best. You can, do, you can have it all. You can do both. You can, you can love the Lord and be passionate for him and have a family. You can have a great job. You can have a great career. You can have wonderful hobbies. You can have a very balanced life. I just wanted to remind you of my definition of walking in the spirit. Walking in the spirit to me is this. Having a continual awareness of God and availability to God having a continual awareness of God and availability to God. When does that switch off? It doesn't. To be walking in the spirit is to simply be available and you don't forget that you're a Christian because you're in a certain situation or whatever else. Doesn't mean you're perfect. There's nobody perfect, right? But supernatural breakthroughs can happen anywhere at any time and that's part of real revival. And that's what I'm talking about. You carrying the supernatural power of God, you carrying the healing power of God. And, for, and I mean, that's for physical things. It's for emotional things. You are a carrier of his love, of his power. So number one, you want to get in the, tap the flow of the Holy Spirit and activate the gifts of God? Number one, tune into the voice of God. Number two, get to know that voice. Get familiar with it so you know that you know that you know when it's God talking and when it's not. And finally, number three and last, boldly follow the unction of God. Boldly follow the unction of God. Now these other two things cannot happen until you get the first two right. But then you have to be willing to be, to be obedient, to be boldly obedient in those moments when God unctions you to say something to someone or do something out of character for you that shows compassion or the love of God. I wanna finish this whole series off with this one thought about the spirit of boldness, a holy boldness. You can, you can hear from God all you want, but if you won't obey him when he unctions you or moves on your heart 
to minister to somebody else or to serve somebody else or to speak a word to somebody else or to pray for somebody else. If you won't do that, then you're gonna take all of that energy of the Holy Spirit, the anointing of God, and consume it upon yourself. And that's not what we're doing. That's not why we're here. Boldly follow the unction. Love Acts 4, 13. And when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated, untrained men, they marveled. And they realized that they had been with Jesus. Spending time with Jesus produces boldness. You say, but Pastor, you don't know me. I'm, a, I'm, a, I'm an introvert. Okay. And? Well, no, no, I, I just don't like to talk to other people and initiate conversation. All right, I hear you. But if God unctions you, couldn't you just speak up and say hi? Or excuse me? Can't tell you how many times my wife and I have been in a restaurant or something and something starts happening around us or somebody bursts into tears. And we just start praying for them. And many times we just check on them. You okay? Can we help you? The gifts of the Holy Spirit can only be accessed by bold faith. I've simply said to people over many, many years, whether in church or out there in the world, I can't tell you how many times I've just said this. May I pray for you? May I pray for you? Only a couple times in my whole adult life has somebody said, no, don't pray for me. And that tells me something about them, not about me, but God is unctioning me just to say, hey, may I pray for you? It's a simple thing. <clears throat> and it doesn't have to be, listen, it doesn't have to be. You, lay, you don't have to lay your hands on it. And the Lord says unto you, child of God, Spooky. No. Can I pray for you? Well, let me tell you all my stuff. No, I don't even need all your whole story. I just want to pray for you. And then what I do is I just say, give me your hand. Like a handshake. And right there, I don't get up all in their grill. I don't get in their face. I don't get invade their personal space, especially now. Socially distant prayer works too, but somebody usually I just say, "Hey, can I, can I, can I have your hand? Can I pray for you?" I do. Some of you, most of you, probably at different times, I've said that to you here. Hey, can I pray for you? It's not my power. There's nothing special on me as the pastor when I leave these when I leave leave this property. We just love people. We just pray for them. We just are there. Sometimes when they just need to open up uh, for a minute. You said, don't need a life story. May I pray for you? May I pray for you? The coming revival that we're all praying for is about every part of the body moving as one in kingdom revelation, activation, and demonstration. It's not about preachers doing it. 
the revival is going to awaken the church and empower all of us to get beyond these walls into non-ecclesiastical settings, not church settings, and go pray a prayer of faith. The Bible says the prayer of faith will save the sick and the Lord will raise them up. The Lord will heal them. These signs will follow them that believe. In my name, they'll cast out demons. You say, oh, I don't want to do that part. Well, I'll just tell you this. If you're praying for somebody and they manifest, you don't have to worry about what to say. God will give you exactly what to say at that time and, and at least bind the spirit. Just bind it, okay? Just bind it. Don't have to worry about it. God will unction you. He'll give you the clarity, right? Don't overthink these things. <clears throat> Cast out demons. Speak with new tongues. Drink any deadly thing and won't harm them. They shall lay their hands upon the sick and the sick shall recover. Is that in the Bible? Do you believe it's true? You say, well, I've never had anybody get healed when I prayed for them because you haven't prayed for enough people. When you start making that a part of your lifestyle, we're in revival. There's a whole lot of people hurting beyond these walls. There's a lot of people hurting in the room and watching right now online. May I pray for you? Would you bow your head and close your eyes for a moment, right where you are. Father, I pray for every person hearing my voice, every person connecting with us today, whether in the room or online, and I pray that you would heal the hurt. I pray that you'd bind up the wound. I pray that you'd pour in the oil and the wine. I pray that you would reveal yourself, Lord Jesus, as healer in this moment, in that person's heart, in their mind, in their marriage, in their finances, in their bodies. Lord, there are some people in this room, there's people watching that need a complete overhaul. <clears throat> you know who they are but only you can do it. We ask you to come Holy Spirit and move. Touch every person's body that needs healing today. We rebuke high blood pressure. We rebuke heart problems. We take authority over cancer, over sickness and disease. <clears throat> we break the power of it by the blood of Jesus, not in our name, but in the name that is above every other name, the name of Jesus Christ. Come, Holy Spirit. I pray for a fresh anointing upon this congregation that every person hearing the sound of my voice would begin to step into the boldness, the courage, and the strength to simply speak up when the Father says speak. When the unction of the Holy Spirit, that anointing starts moving, give us Give us the clarity and the boldness. As Paul prayed many times, he said, pray that I would have boldness to speak as God gives me utterance. God, I pray that you would give the spirit of boldness and wisdom to every person, part of this congregation, to begin to be a bringer, to bring others to church, to bring others to Christ, to bring others to healing, 
to bring others to freedom and deliverance in Jesus' mighty name. And Lord, we give you the praise. Just with your head bowed, your eyes closed for another moment. Maybe, maybe you don't know Jesus. Maybe you just know about him. But you don't hear his voice because you don't really know him. You haven't really experienced that, that, um, that breakthrough moment, that life-changing encounter where you actually say, God, I need you in my life. If that's you, I wanna pray for you real quick, right where you are. Maybe you've been living a double life and the struggle is getting to be horrendous because you got one foot in the world and one foot in the church and you're not powerful in either one. You're not strong in either one. You're not passionate in either one. You're just constantly walking in, in mud because you're just playing the game this is the day of surrender. This is the day of deliverance. If that's you, whether you're at home or whether you're in the room, put your hand up right now if you want prayer. You want me to pray for you? I wanna pray for you right now. Hands are going up right now. Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Yes, 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 yes. Hands going up. Lord, I pray for every person whose hand is raised, whose heart is open, that you would reveal Jesus to them, in them, through them. Empower them with your love and with your life to be lights in a dark place. Everybody that has your hand raised, would you say this out loud with me? In fact, everybody just say it out loud with me. Right where you are, those of you at home, just say, Jesus, be the Lord of my life. I want to encounter you. I believe you're a mighty healer. You're the savior. You're the source. Would you move into my life in your supernatural power? In Jesus' name, amen, amen. Those of you that had your hands raised, many of you, if you need prayer and you want to stay after, Pastor Chris will pray with you, I'll pray with you, whatever you need. Just come up right to the, right to the front as soon as service is over. We just love y'all so much. We want to help you to grow in God. Do you need a Bible? We have a free Bible for you, whatever you need. We're just glad that you're here and we wanna help you on your journey. This church is filled with a whole bunch of imperfect people. Me being the chief, the parent chief that is. God is moving, let him keep moving, amen. Thanks for joining us at Now Church. For the latest updates, visit us at nowchurch.com, including live or on-demand video online giving, and much more. And don't forget to follow Now Church on our social media platforms, including Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Thank you.